0: This episode of the podcast is brought to you by my YouTube channel. Free yoga is how I got started on my incredible yoga journey, and I want to bring you the same practices and principles that inspired me to begin my practice. On my channel, you'll find workouts and fitness videos, yoga flows, meditations, wellness vlogs, and more. You can click the link in my bio to subscribe to my channel and support me and free online yoga. Welcome to Balance Your Life Podcast. My name is Megan Farrell and I am the host of the show. This podcast is designed to inspire and empower you to start and maintain your own wellness journey so you can become the best version of yourself. Let's begin. Hello, hello, happy Monday. Welcome back to another episode of Balance Your Life Podcast. I am your host, Megan Farrell Gordon, and today we have such a diverse conversation with a very special guest. We kind of cover a lot of ground here, and it's really fun. Today's guest is with Andrew Daniel. Andrew is an award-winning and international best-selling author and director at the Center for Cinesomatic Development. His Cinesomatic Workshops are held internationally from New York to London, Tuscany to Switzerland, helping professionals see the elusive patterns that hold them back. This methodology leads the world in cinematic movement diagnostics and advanced intuition development, integrating approaches from embodiment, shadow work, therapy, and spirituality. On this episode, we talk about Cinesomatic what it is and the benefits of it, how to do shadow work and heal trauma. We also discuss getting out of victim mentality, holistic sex, and why it's such a taboo topic, awakening your true self, and so much more. What I really love about Andrew is some of the time these topics can feel really, really heavy. And Andrew has such a great sense of humor and such a light about about him. We had so much fun during this conversation. We had a lot of laughs, and I think you're going to appreciate doing this type of inner healing work, but also coming at it from a good sense of humor and just good fun. So with that, please welcome Andrew Daniel to the Balance Your Life podcast. I'm a 1-3 self-projected projector. Learning this about myself has made my life so much more easeful and enjoyable. When I heard the word human design, I thought it was another trend, but I kept hearing it and hearing it and how much people swore by it. So I did my chart and let me just tell you, it absolutely blew my mind. Your human design chart is your energetic blueprint and it literally gave me the information of how I was meant to operate in the world how I make the best decisions for myself, and how to know when I'm not in alignment. It's not a personality test. It's unbiased and based on your birth date, birth time, and birth location. It also didn't tell me anything I didn't know deep within myself. It just gave me the permission to be who I was designed to be. If you want to learn more about your own specific human design charts, You can book a call with me on my website or use the link in the show notes. There are four options available for you. There's the mini reading, the intro reading, the deep dive, and advanced reading. Stop guessing how you're supposed to be and start living in alignment of your best self. Welcome to the show, Andrew. I'm so excited to have you on.
1: Hi, Megan. Thanks for having me.
0: I would love if you could give a little bio of who you are and where in the world you are currently joining me from today.
1: I am currently in Nashville, Tennessee. And my, my little bio uh, will just stick with what's happening right now. Uh, I am the author of this book, Awaken to Your True Self, Why You're Still Stuck and How to Break Through. And I am the director at the Center for Somatic Development. And I uh, founded a uh, healing therapeutic approach called the Somatics, And that uses video, movement, feeling, and feedback to help people see the uh, subconscious, unconscious stories, myths, archetypes, shadow material uh, that runs their life. And so I do workshops. I do retreats. I do... Uh, private uh, private coaching programs, uh, the whole the whole kit and caboodle uh, to help people uh, get unstuck and, and have a very functional, loving, wonderful life.
0: I would love to back right up to the start of your journey because I was reading <laughs> your bio online and it looks like, I mean, I feel like maybe you were in like the tech industry before, like what led you down this path and was there like a catalyst in your life have you always been interested in it like what 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 got you here
1: yeah so the i when i was 18 i wrote a particle and physics engine which basically made special effects it was a special effects program and so i wrote that software uh from scratch i ran that whole business i had two versions of that program and i ran that company for about 7 years we had Fortune 100 clients, Disney, Samsung, um, Whole Foods, I mean, uh, National Science Foundation, lots of people. And uh, that was my foray into entrepreneurship. Uh, But there's no healing or anything like that in there. So where did that come from? Well, when I was uh, young, about five or six years old, I had uh, warts on my fingers, on this hand mostly and that set into motion a lot of uh, bullying and teasing and so i struggled a lot as a child an adolescent and teenager uh, socially and with self-esteem and i was bullied and i would sit alone at lunch pick less in gym class you know tripped and my books go everywhere and um Pretty, pretty much everything you've probably seen in, in those, like, 80s and 90s teen movies was actually my life. And it was really tough on me, and I took it personally, and I certainly played the victim. You know, I was a victim to the bullying, but I, I really, in, in retrospect, looking back on it, really just identified with that. And it created a lot of suffering. Um, my... I, there was some dr- drama in my home life um, I was very blessed to have uh, parents that that loved me and, and took care of me um, and still there was uh, some some drama and chaos at home at times and so there was a lot of this you know angsty energy you know it was like angst teenage angst dialed to 11 and it um it was underlined by self-hatred and self-loathing and i felt you know very mad and confused and depressed you know why me all of these kind of things and when i was a teenager it got to the point to where you know i was fantasizing about revenge on the school and t- t- killing myself and it was a really really dark time at times not every day But there were certainly stretches where um, I just hated myself and everything. And so that led me to a choice point when I was probably about 17 years old of either I do whatever it takes. Like either I have to figure this out, like how to have relationships, how to get girls to like me, uh, how to make friends, how not to be a loser, how to like myself and love life. Or I end it. Um, so I started thinking about ending it, and I was like, "This sounds really painful. <laughs> this does not sound fun." Um, and so I was honestly a bit of a, a chicken. Um, uh, you know, thankfully, <laughs> you know, thank God, I was. Um, and so I said, "All right, I guess I got to do whatever it takes to figure this out." So that is what set me on my journey. So I started learning self help, personal development reading all of the traditional books, you know, How to Win Friends, Influence People, Think and Grow Rich, all these classic personal development books. Uh, Then I got into more uh, alternative medicine and holistic health and alternative therapies, and then eventually into spirituality, and then uh, as well as cultivating uh, a lot of uh, knowledge and wisdom and experience around relationships, dating, and sexuality. And then, so from there, I ended up publishing a course called Holistic Sex that was uh, picked up by a company called Mind Valley, and that was that was like amazing because my name was up there next to all these people that I was studying just five years ago, uh, and so that was one of the the big breakthroughs in my life. And that happened after my software company ended. So I ran my comp- software company for about seven years, while I was doing that. I was learning the self-help, personal development stuff, and I was healing myself. I was healing all of that stuff from the first 20 years of my life. And eventually that led to the course I just mentioned, and my software company sort of shut down. And I was making that transition between being just, uh, uh, just a total nerd and geek, writing code and software and designing web pages and everything, to trying to be a coach, a facilitator, a teacher. Um, but being 26 years old at the time and teaching about uh, holistic sexuality and spirituality, uh, it was a hard sell. <laughs> it was definitely a hard sell, even though uh, I, I, I knew a lot to help. Um, and the reason I say this is because shortly after I released that course, I was homeless. And it was really confusing because I was like, "Wait a minute! I've had a successful software company. I wrote the software myself, so I know I, I know I'm at least smart enough, right? It's it's not my smarts. I was learning all of this wisdom. Um, it, it wasn't that I was I was mature. What is going on here? I I had this success, and then I had this." Other success of being published and now I can't afford uh, a room not even my own house or apartment but not even a room and so I was homeless and slept in my car and not only homeless once but twice uh, and so this was just really confusing and disori- disorienting to me that I could have had the success and work ethic and all of the stuff and yet, I was struggling so much to, to make ends meet, to make money. And so that eventually led me to, after years and years of struggling, to the work that I'm doing now. And so it wasn't until I realized the connection, not just the mind-body connection, um, but actually how the body embodies these things. And so when I started seeing myself on video, it just changed everything because because the image of myself in my head was, Oh, I'm successful. I'm great. I'm nice. Like I'm sexy, like cool, all this stuff. I traveled around the world. And then I look at myself on video and it's like, Oh my gosh, you're insecure. You have all the shame you're hiding, you're playing small, you're being narcissistic, you're manipulating, you have agendas you're terrified of people you're avoiding. And I was just like, oh my God, that is not at all who I thought I've been, but no wonder I've struggled so much. If this is the person everyone else is seeing, and if this is the person that's getting the results in the world, okay. <laughs> and so that set me on about a five, uh, five-year journey of doing, uh, what I now call and consider Cinesomatics. and that changed everything uh, i'm no longer homeless you know i'm making enough money to have my own home studio uh, running a business for the past few years award winning uh, best selling book so something worked and all of the stuff that made the difference between me being somebody who knew all the stuff and was still struggling who are, who had already had done all of the work and yet was still stuck. I took all of those things that made the difference and put it into this book, and I think that's why it's been such a hit because it's a lot of stuff that most people who have already done the work haven't considered and uh, don't know. And so that leads me here to leads me to here today, um, sharing this stuff that has helped me and has helped uh, hundreds of other people.
0: Well, I want to take a moment and just thank you for sharing your story. It's absolutely incredible. And it just, you know, thank you for being so raw and vulnerable. And I'm curious, you said you were like reading the self-help books, you were doing all, all the books, reading all the things. What was that first piece where you started to realize that You were stuck in this kind of like victim mentality in this, like you're, you're the doing thing, but you're not taking action. You know, like I feel like we all know those people who like read all the books, they do all the things, but they're not taking the action to actually move forward. Do you remember what that first like actionable thing was that you did that started to move the needle forward?
1: There's been a, there's been a few of them. Uh, The first one would be the, I was taking a training, I was 21 years old, it was a few years after starting the self-help books, and it was like a two-month long training, I did multiple levels of practitionership and trainer and all this stuff, and it was like one of the things in the first few hours on the first day that changed everything and that was this concept of cause and effect but not cause and effect in the way we normally think about it but cause and effect as in how you're centered in the world are you at the effect of your environment in the world or are you the cause of your environment in the world and that something so simple something so basic was never taught to me. (laughs) I look back at it now and I'm like, that is just the most basic, obvious thing. But at the time, it blew my mind because it was, oh my God, what do you mean? I could be the cause to what's happening around me. My whole life, it was things like, uh, deal with what comes to you, right? Just make the best of the the cards in hand you're dealt in life. It was all this reactionary. Now, In retrospect, there could be great value in some of those sayings, as in uh, find acceptance and stop trying to control the situation, all of this stuff. But when you're a victim, when you're in the victim mentality, that stuff doesn't work. That just enables the, the victim mentality to continue. So that was the first spark. That was the first light that showed me, Oh my God, I've been at the effect of everything in my life. In other words, in other ways to say that I've not taken responsibility for anything. I didn't quite say it then uh, like that, but it was, Oh, what if I'm the cause to my life? What if this stuff isn't just happening to me? What if I happen to life? And so that was just one of the most basic, but the, one of the biggest turning points in my journey. Uh, Go ahead.
0: Oh, that's okay. I was just, it's so powerful. I think like when you have those moments and I had somebody else on the podcast who we were talking about this concept of like radical responsibility. And it's not to say like, that bad things don't happen to us, sometimes completely out of our control. But it's like, how do we take responsibility and move forward with, with it rather than just staying stuck, or like, poor me, you know, I'm the victim, everything happens to me, not for me. It's like, okay, these things, you know, sometimes they're horrific, or just totally out of your control. But, you know, and and we have to process it. But then, we need to take responsibility, and we need to decide. Okay, this is not going to define my life. I'm going to use it for the better good, and to better myself, better the world, better you know whatever kind of level that you want to take it. Um, I wanted to ask too because I I did notice that you had um, worked with Mind Valley on the holistic sex, and a little bit of a plot twist. But like, why was that your first program? What led you to wanting to do a program around holistic sex because I feel like even in today's day and age we're I feel like a lot of it we're open about talking about certain things but like sex is still one of those things that is (laughs) so taboo that we're like that's the one thing we don't talk about is like sex and it's like I mean
1: that's the thing everybody is trying to get
0: (laughs) most of us are doing it you know what I mean like it's it's just it's crazy to me that like you know we're so open about certain things but like don't don't you dare talk about sex or like if we do talk about sex it's like oh it's because that girl is like or that guy is like you know a slut or a whore or they're like they're looking for attention for that and it, it can't be this like almost like a spiritual thing yeah
1: that sacredness well the the real answer is because that's what I was focusing on as an 18 to 25 year old Um, I I had the uh, the most struggle and pain around uh, girls and women and dating relationships and sex when I was young I just felt incredible I had my first crush when I was like Five years old in kindergarten, I'm like, she's cute. I like her. I had no idea what that meant or why or anything. But then for the next twenty years, I struggled. And as I told you, I had warts when I was a kid, and even after those were removed after a few years, that reputation stayed. My low self esteem stayed. And you know, I just had no idea what I was doing. Um, I was doing nice guy stuff, and then come to find out it actually wasn't so nice. It was actually manipulative. It's like, Oh, let me buy you things. So you like me, wait a minute. That's not nice. That's actually manipulative. Oh, you know, let me say all these sweet things. So you like me, that's not nice. That's manipulative. That's an agenda. Uh, you know, just be yourself. Well, myself kind of sucked. Like I was insecure. I was afraid I was a needy. I was desperate. Like my idea of myself, you know, that's how I was. And it just didn't work. So my biggest pain ended up being the thing that I focused on the most. And so I studied uh, everything from the, the weirdest, creepiest, oddest uh, stuff to the most uh, esoteric, spiritual, enlightened stuff. I was like, I can't have any taboos here. I can't judge any of this because I have no idea what works and what doesn't. What I see in Cosmo magazine, what I see on the front pages of Google, you know, what I see being pushed out into the world doesn't work. That's not the actual thing that gets results with women um, in or out of the bedroom. And so I was like, all right, this guy says that you can say words that are arousing. Really? You could just say stuff and it's going to turn a woman on. And then, then I was seeing other stuff of like, oh, there's energetic stuff. There's There's this beautiful uh, divine presence in the other, and if you really have intimacy and connect with them, it's not just pleasure. It could be this this ecstatic, beautiful uh, spiritual union. The hell is that? Nobody's ever talked about that. I thought spirituality and sexuality were the complete opposite, right? Religion and sex were in opposition to each other, and so that's why the At the time, the subtitle of it was Merging the Dirty and the Divine, Merging the Spirituality and the Sexuality. And uh, through this whole process, I realized, oh, these don't have to be two separate things. Like, you can have what's called dirty sex, like really explicit, primal, pleasurable, animalistic sex, and be loving, compassionate, have intimacy, respect your partner, trust your partner, have safety, be tender, soft, sweet, romantic. You can have all of that together. And in fact, that's actually what works the best. Um, And then on the other side, uh, it's not just being sweet, nice, tender, romantic, and everything. There's um, an energy there that's that primal animalistic uh, energy. And so I realized, wait a minute, this is conflicting. Like, you have all these women saying, oh, be nice. All right, well, then I'm nice. (laughs) And that doesn't work. And then you have the guys and, you know, the porn industry saying it's just all this hardcore stuff. And it's like, that doesn't seem very fulfilling. Um, And so I realized there was this huge schism. And then there's also the schism between men and women, the masculine and the feminine. The battle of the sexes, the war uh, between men and women. I'm like, this makes... No sense. Where w- men and women want to come together and be husband and wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, or you know whatever it was. Um, wh- why? Why do we hate the other? Why are we competing with the other? Why is there a war and battle between men and women, when that's the person you want to love you? It just just was not making any sense, and so I had all of these uh limiting beliefs and traumas and you know I was rejected tremendously and uh, I, I realized there was all of this pain and all of this healing that needed to be done that I got the most results w- with women w- when I was just confident and compassionate and sexy and dominant and I was leading and I was creating a safe space. There was no tactics in there. There wasn't no pickup lines. There wasn't any of this stuff. And so that made me realize, oh, my gosh, one of the most important things in relationships and sex is healing. Oh, it's because I was projecting my traumas, my pains, my past experiences on these new women. That's not fair. And that's also very dysfunctional because I would be insecure. I would be afraid. I was like, oh, that is so much more important than anything I could do or say or tactic or technique or strategy. And so I realized, well, this isn't just for me and men, that women are experiencing all of this too, just either inverted or different, you know, from that own perspective. There's a lot of um, things uh, that women were experiencing that as a man, we never even think of. And when I started realizing what those were, you know, around safety and this kind of stuff, Uh, or not being satisfied or not even having orgasms or pleasure, I was like, wait a minute. And so I started learning that, like what's going on with them? And then that just made my success and my ability to satisfy and fulfill them so much better because I could understand it. So I took all of this stuff and put it together and said, you know, there's more than just tactics and techniques. There's healing. There's even some theory, right? Uh, Some theory of understanding, well, what does... Uh, what creates that sexual tension and attraction between men and women? Oh, well, there's this thing called sexual polarity. Well, how does that work? So I just com- I just brought together all of this stuff that, when I was first learning, seemed in opposition, men and women, uh, sex and religion or spirituality, and I realized actually all of this stuff can go together perfectly. And so I created this to help not only um, inspire and, educate people on this but to also help them heal to help them heal this stuff that got in the way between the love the pleasure and the relationships and even spiritual relationships um, that they desired but in society is so taboo uh, to talk about so that was that was holistic sex in a nutshell
0: no I love it so much because yeah I think when you think of like sex and then spirituality or you know you can kind of look at it as like religion it's like so many religions are like don't you know if you're gonna have sex with someone it's got to be your partner for life you're not supposed to like there's almost like you're not supposed to have enjoyment in in sex unless it's with that person that you've committed your your life to and it's funny because a couple of things that you were saying that resonated with me is like one I'm in the yoga space so It's funny how like the moment I put out something like I remember doing a couple of like beach yoga flows and people came at me so hard. Like, how dare you call yourself a yogi? You're (laughs) out there parading yourself. I'm like, it's a bikini. Like, I mean, even if I was on the beach, even if I was doing it naked, how does that mean I'm not? like a, a quote-unquote a yogi and second of all like you shouldn't be judging people if you call yourself a yogi that's very yogi like <laughs> right. of you critical yeah <laughs> but then you also like in the like uh like within within the chakra system you think of like there's seven chakras within the body the bottom one is associated with safety and survival the sex second one is associated with like this sexual energy and if both of those aren't functioning to the full uh, capability the rest of the chakras essentially it's not like they don't exist I just I like to think of them as they're a little bit sluggish so in order for us to be able to live like our our best life if you will those have to be addressed and I feel like a lot of people don't think of healing themselves like from a from like a sexual nature it's just like oh like I don't have orgasms I never have never will like it's and it's like that's like the greatest thing about having sex is like this idea of like this this energetic release and embodiment and yeah I feel like if you can't enjoy sex or if you feel bad about it or dirty about it like there's just no way that you can live to your highest potential
1: yeah it's and, and a lot of that comes from I think education. And I don't mean the school system. I just mean in general of like, th- just what you said alone about orgasms and women's orgasms. It's like even ex- expert authority women are saying, yeah, just some women don't have orgasms. And I'm like, that is not true. <laughs> um, I've experienced it firsthand. I've been with many women who I've, I don't know, giving, facilitating, uh, allowing, inviting, however you want to say, however you want to call it. Um, you know, first orgasms uh, and different kinds. And it blew my mind too. I was like, Oh, I, I had no idea. So I think there's just an incredible ignorance, uh, that comes even in the scientific community is very ignorant. Uh, it's very puritanical. Uh, it's like some religions you talked about. And th- there is also the, the, um, reaction formation to all of that suppression and puritanical where people then go out and go do the opposite, right? So they become uh, too promiscuous. They actually endanger themselves and other people. Um, and then that comes from, well, whatever it can be. And so there's, there's just all of this stuff that requires healing and it's not bad. Uh, so working with clients and also having, many women in my life you you find out that sexual abuse and trauma is more of the norm than it is the rarity. and when I realized that I was like oh my God and it's no people it, it, people are talking about it more which is great uh, but if that when that happens, you get these distortions you get these traumas, the shame and the guilt. It, it's amazing how many clients and women I've met, that develops shame and guilt around something that happened to them. And that I believe comes from a society that shames and guilts women around sexuality. Um, and then there's this embarrassment. I had clients even just last week talking about this. So it's really important stuff because as you said, that stuff is primal. That stuff is kind of at the base of our existence. And not only is that sexual energy, um, that that second chakra is not only the sexual energy but it's also this creative energy right it's this it gives birth it brings into the world and both literally life uh, through women and uh, creativity and so when that's shut down and you, you mentioned the first uh the base the root chakra you know, that safety survival um most people are struggling just at that level so you if you imagine it's kind of i don't know not like a ladder but uh, and it's kind of like an ascension through these ways of actualization, most people are just trapped in these bottom two spheres of existence, and it's just normalized. It's just well, this is just how life is. Life is just not safe. You just can't have pleasure. You, you know, and so there's no surrender. There's no trust. There's no expansiveness. You know, all of these things, and you know, people. People are alive, but they're not living. And yeah, so part of my work, even now, is helping people, you know, heal all of this stuff um, for real and actually face it and move through it, and so they can start living and, and actualize themselves.
0: I want to stick. On the topic of healing, but maybe we can even talk about it through the perspective of like sexual healing just for a little bit, because I feel like this is something that so many people struggle with or they're triggered by. What is something that someone could potentially do or at least bring an awareness to if maybe they they know that they're struggling in a sexual sense, but they're not sure where it's coming from, or kind of even what to do about it, like, what is something that somebody can do to maybe identify that, hey, you know what, I might have some healing work that needs to be done. What do I do? And what are the next steps to healing that just because I feel like this is such a topic that I mean, I honestly, I feel like we could talk more about (laughs) in the world, (laughs) in, in general. And yeah, like, I mean, I you would be not surprised but like also surprised to hear how many people have come on the podcast and there's been some sort of trauma that's been like in a sexual neighbor in a sexual nature or you know in my personal life like it just I feel like it's, it's like it's cancer it's like like you know somebody who has a disease or cancer and it's like in this day and age you know somebody who has had some sort of trauma in that in that sense
1: well, that's a pretty big question. Um, I think the first thing is is awareness, um, and I think a really way, really easy way to look at it is just think about how you think of the the sex you're attracted to, right? Think about men or women or whoever it is for you. How do you feel about them? If you start with things that feel resentful and angry and bitter. Well, that's a pretty good sign that you have some healing to do Um, to do as in like you're obligated, but it ain't going to go anywhere until you look at it and face it and heal it. So you can deal with it and suppress it and that's fine, uh, but you're just coping with it and denying it and suppressing it. And so that's going to keep creating more of it. You know, if, if you're bitter and resentful and fearful and angry at, the entire gender that you want to be in love with and that you want to love you, uh, I'm sorry, but good luck. Um, You know, it's going to be really hard to find a high quality, loving uh, person who wants to be with you if you hate (laughs) them and you resent them. And and if you do find someone, they're probably going to be someone that isn't going to change that to to help you feel safe. Now, once in a while, you know, you just, sometimes you just find somebody and it's, it is, they, they can do that. But if you rely on someone else to rescue you from your own hatred of them, you know, it's 99% of the time you're, you're in trouble. So that awareness of just, how do you feel about the, the person, the, the people that you want to love and you want to love you? Now, if on the other hand, you say, oh, I, I, I love them. They're, they're beautiful. They're amazing. Um, You know, whatever it is, if you have these more positive experiences, well, that's a really good sign. And then from there, you want to go into, um, I would say going into there. all right, well, if that's the case, are you in a relationship? Like, what is your current experience or recent past experiences? Have you been fulfilled? You know, what was that like? Are you you know, if you're a, if you're a woman, are you having multiple orgasms? Are you actually being sexually fulfilled? Do you feel cherished? Do you feel adored? Um, do you feel all of those things that uh, make you feel like a beautiful, uh, loved, cherished woman? Uh, and if you're a man, right? Do you feel respected and seen and heard? Do you feel like um, your your partner is um, satisfying you, if she's open to you, if she can surrender, if she's open to you. Um, I think I said that already. Um, but how how are your partners responding to you? Are your needs being met? So I think, I think that's a better way to say that. I kind of had to talk through that a little bit. Check in. Are your needs being met? And are you meeting your partner's needs? Um, if yes, that's probably great. Then there's some deeper stuff we could probably look at. Um, but if not, chances are there's something within you that is preventing that from happening either through your mate selection process and what you feel you deserve, what you're attracting and this or that, or what you're allowing yourself to have. And so that'll bring awareness to uh, insecurities, shame, value deservedness, um, guilt, uh, all of these kind of things. If you don't feel like you deserve pleasure or to be loved, well, you know, good luck. So that's like primary number one thing to start looking at and working on. So just that that self-discovery process of what's actually happening in my life? How do I feel about this stuff? If there's a lot of disarray in that, chances are you have, I can almost guarantee there's something there to heal.
0: I think that's so it's so powerful, like just this idea of awareness. And I think we can apply to anything in our life, whether it's, you know, in a sexual relationship, or in our career, or in our physical appearance, like anything, if you're not happy with something, like, you have an awareness of like what it is that's holding you back, or just, yeah, I guess just being aware, like, okay, something is not clicking here and something is not right and when you have an awareness I think it just makes it easier to stop yourself when you're in those tracks I mean not always sometimes we're like I did it anyways like I I ate the cake I had sex with that person I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't not necessarily like supposed to but I like I know this is like a person that I'm like shouldn't be involved with or Just like when it comes to life in general, just having these, uh, this awareness that can at least help us move forward into beginning to heal ourselves. Like, I I feel like if we don't have that awareness, there's just, you might be able to heal some things, but it's not going to be like a long-term lasting effect in your life.
1: Yeah. Even in my book, I say, you know, I have whole processes, you know, lined out on how to, to do this stuff. Step 1 is awareness. If you're not aware of what's happening, how are you going to do anything about it? <laughs> and then you just act like a victim. Oh, poor me. All, all I keep all these bad guys or, or these bitches or all of this stuff, right? You just are a victim to what you're creating in your life. And if you just if and so many people aren't even aware that they're at cause that they can be, you know, wherever you go, there you are, right? If all 10 of your partners are a certain way and they all said something about you, it's probably not them. It's probably you. And you don't have to blame yourself. It doesn't have to be a mean thing. You know, it's not about guilt or shame or blaming, uh, but it's about taking responsibility. That's another thing that I mentioned in the book. Self-blame is not responsibility. Uh, You're just pointing the finger instead of at someone else, at you. It's not taking responsibility. So if we can understand, as you you said, uh, so so great earlier on, taking responsibility, and that that's that's literally the cure to the victim mentality. Take responsibility. Now, of course, there's things outside of our control. It's not about controlling everything, but there are things that are within our control. There are things in ourself, uh, on our person our house our environment there's things that we control and most importantly how we respond we are absolutely in control and responsible for how we respond to stuff and i assert that the more responsibility you take for and of yourself and uh, your environment uh, the more freedom you have the better your life will be Uh, even if it doesn't make sense even if you say well i can't control the news well you can control if you watch the news You can control what news. You know, you have all of this control that, um, let's just say the powers that be don't want you to think that you have. And the more that you take responsibility and say, no, this is me, 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 without the blame, without the guilt, without shaming yourself, without using it to beat yourself up, because it's really easy to do that. Say, oh, oh, it's my fault, it's my fault, it's my fault. Oh, I deserve this, blah, blah, blah. No, that's not taking responsibility. That's like victim blaming yourself. That does not help. It just reinforces the poor me story. And so, again, in my book, these stories are things to just stop. You don't want to spin a better story. You just want to stop all the stories, the victim story or the self-blame, any of it. And when you stop those and you start taking responsibility, then you have the power to change your life. The responsibility is not about blame are feeling bad it's about that's what is required in order for you to actually change your life Um, and that's empowerment so that's that's what I teach help help people have the awareness and then take responsibility for that so they can actually change their life
0: I want to talk a little bit about and here's the awareness that I have I always butcher words that are (laughs) long to me I I know it's talk a little bit about cinema
1: cinema, cinema
0: somatics yeah i have an awareness of it i'm well aware that like some words i'm like Ugh, yeah you say it fast and say it confidently <laughs> yeah uh, there you go yeah. <laughs> what what can somebody expect from that like what are the benefits of art what are the benefits of doing it what is it even and how could somebody use it to start to heal them less? heal themselves and to empower themselves to take control of their life.
1: Wow. That's, that's a great question. A really big question. <laughs> um, well, let's just start off with what it is. So let's start with, uh, the, the name, the word cinasomatics. somatics coming from cinema. So video, and also has its origins in, uh, uh, Kina like kinesiology from Greek. So movement. So there's video and movement kind of wrapped up in the Sina, and then somatics uh, of the body, Soma. And so basically what Sina somatics is, it's a cutting edge technology, philosophy, modality approach to not just healing, but also transformation and high functionality. And it's based off of the idea of how you do one thing is how you do everything. And so we say, all right, well, if how you do one thing is how you do anything, well, the way you move in your body is how you move through your life. And so what we do in a gist is we use video to record people moving, uh, whether it's a specific uh, movement diagnostic or a dance or walking on a slack line or any number of things, shaking their hands. We record this and then we uh, sit down and we play this recording back. So you have a replay of the movement, uh, using very high end, uh, cinema equipment, and I start giving feedback about what I see now. What makes this different, uh, than everything else is that you have this video to see in yourself, all of the stuff I'm saying. So it's very confronting, but it's also very revealing. It's not just trusting me as some expert or guru or authority. Now I I really know what I'm talking about and I have a very clear reflection with the feedback. However, the video is night and day, uh, even more clear and reflective because you get to see it in your own body. It's not just taking my word for it. You actually get the proof in your own body. So, For a lot of people, it's very challenging and confronting because they're seeing stuff in themselves that they've just spent decades. I have people, you know, very, very well aged that have seven to eight decades of all of this stuff. They've done spirituality, self-help, healing, whatever, to try to uh, get rid of, to hide, to, to cut off, to ignore. And this work is not about that. This work is about integration. We want to integrate and face and feel and heal everything, even the shadow. So the, the movement, what it does is that it reveals through the body, the stories, the myths, the archetypes, the shadow material, the hidden blocks, the world views of the person, but not through talking about it, but through moving. So it's very quick because uh, we don't have to spend three years talking about what's going on in your life to see what's what's really happening underneath. The movement reveals it in seconds. And so it's very accelerated, uh, but it, it reveals things that nothing else can, and you get to see it on video. So that is essentially the process, the technology aspect. Um, there's another aspect of it where it's – it's not necessarily a rational project uh, process. So I'm not looking at body language. A lot of people just say, oh, you're just interpreting the body language. No. What I'm doing is actually feeling. So I'm not in my head analyzing. I'm in my body feeling this symbolic data that's coming through the movements. It's this unconscious data that most people have no idea is there and is happening. However, I can see that. And then as I see it, and we have the video, I then take that unconscious symbolic data that comes through their body, and then it becomes conscious for them. Then they can see it. They can say, oh, do you see how you're martyring yourself? Do you see how here, when you think you're being nice, you're actually being pissy and passive-aggressive? Oh, do you see here, when you're playing small, uh, you're actually hiding out? Like, you're actually tremendous you know you have all this beauty and light but you're hiding out and suppressing this light because you don't want to outshine this other person and so they have most people don't really conscious most people don't have a conscious aware of this stuff but when i say it and when they see it they're like oh yeah that's 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 my life story and so literally in about five minutes of movement um i know pretty much more about them than their closest family members do. All of this stuff gets revealed. How much money they're making, how their sex life is, how their relationships are, um, how much money they're making, uh, what their relationships are like uh, with themselves and their spirituality, their worldview, all of this comes through. And then it becomes a process of unpacking that, um, facing all of those stories and and doing the healing work. And that healing work uh, also occurs through the movement practices. So it's very as above, so below, but also as below, so above. We work in both directions of what's happening in your life is happening in your body. But if we can change what's happening in your body, it's going to change what's happening in your life. And that's the core premise.
0: I love it so much. Like <laughs> You're talking about it and I'm like, I want to do this. Like, And I'm also curious. I'm like, I wonder if you can tell things for me just sitting here. Uh, for me, it's <laughs> <Yes>. been... <laughs> oh seriously okay well we'll have to talk about this after um I I think because I've gone through stages of of things like this of being triggered or like somebody says something to you and it's like it hits home for you so much that I like seeing the progression that I've made in my life from it so for me like I like being called out because it's it also takes out kind of the guesswork of like, what should I be doing? And all these things like, Oh, you're given the, you're literally given the answer. It's like trying to figure out finances or nutrition and you have no idea where to start, but then you hire somebody or you have somebody who's like, Oh, well just like do this. This is, this is what you need. And you're like, Oh, like that takes out time, energy, money that I would have invested into trying to just like figure this out myself and, and for my life. But like you said too, like it's like it's like having an unbiased—I don't want to use the term therapist, but like a person who like well, no, mirror. this is yeah. exactly an unbiased,
1: honest mirror. Um, yeah, that that is not codependent. I, you know, but but there's you know, I have no judgment. So when I give feedback, as I talk about in the book, feedback is not an opinion. It's not a judgment. It's not right or wrong. It's not should or shouldn't. It's not good or bad. It's not advice. It's not an interpretation. It's simply a reflection. And I just simply say, this is what you're doing. This is what I'm seeing. This is what you're really feeling, even though you're in denial of it right now. And here's the proof. Look at the video. Can you see that you're feeling all the shame and guilt that you're in denial of or you're manipulating or whatever? It's not always the shadow material, but it tends to be that shadow material that's getting in our way. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And as you said, uh, it does save a lot of time. Uh, This work is about the, the equivalence is about a decade of spiritual and transformational work in about six months. Um, you know, so people spend their entire lives figuring out what's wrong with me. Why isn't my life working? Like I I told you before, I I have clients that are in their seventies and they've spent 60 years, Megan, 60 years trying to figure this all out. And in one session, I tell them exactly what it is. This is why your life is not working. It's really hard for people at that point um, to, you have 70 years, 60 years of these stories, these identities, these myths, these archetypes that have formed these neural pathways and these habits and these associations and payoffs in your life. Like I, I, I'm not going to beat around the bush. For a lot of these people, it's really hard after an, an entire lifetime to stop suffering, but it is possible. Uh, we have done it. People do do it. Um, it just, you know, it's like at 70 years old, are you willing? Are you willing to be a you that you've never been? It's like, are you literally willing to be reborn? Like you have. I don't know how much time you have left, but are you willing to let go of everything you've held on to in your life? So it's not, it's very simple. Um, You know, it's not complicated stuff. It is advanced, but it's not advanced because you have to memorize all of these, you know, mantras and figure out all this complicated stuff. It's advanced because um, you have to face and feel and penetrate things that you've literally spent your entire life trying to avoid, and suppress, and deny. But it's going to be those things that once you reintegrate, get you back in touch with all of those resources that you've dissociated from. and You haven't realized they were resources. You just thought they were those awful things about you that you didn't love, but they actually contain all of the resources you need to have the life you want.
0: Yeah, it's so powerful. I think most people have to have that that breaking point or that the bottom of the pit like before they <laughs> being are hopeless yeah rock the, bottom
1: yeah
0: rock bottom before yeah. and even still then it's not it's not enough for people to change yeah. their it lives like you me. can't yep. <laughs> yeah you can't change you can't change someone who doesn't want to be changed and i think that has been a real big learning curve for me because like being in the health and wellness space i'm like do all these things. Your life will be like, like my life changed for the better. Like I want you to do these things because yeah. I feel like your life would change for the better. And sometimes people are just very content to be in their, their misery and they have to, and they're comfortable. And even though yeah. they hate it, they're just like, but I don't want to make these changes because yeah. I don't know what the outcome will be. I don't, I don't like, yeah, it's hard to even say like, why, like if you're miserable, like, why wouldn't you want to change it? But
1: the 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 comfort uh and suffering is known uh whereas the potential for peace and joy and love and actualization is much more terrifying because it's unknown and so for a lot of people they'd rather n- be comfortable in their misery than uncomfortable in um trying something new and unknown um and I get it I understand it is not necessarily fun all the time it's not necessarily easy it is uncomfortable but I found one of the best qualities in the most successful people in the world in whatever field is getting comfortable with the uncomfortable saying this is uncomfortable I don't like it this is why I should do it <laughs> and in the book I in my book I even talk talk about an avoidance of life if you just one practical thing for the listeners right now if you just take inventory of the top three things you're avoiding in your life and you stop avoiding them and actually do them something major in your life will change just literally because at some level we know that these big things that we're avoiding are actually going to change your life and we're, we're terrified we're scared it's like oh what if i actually lose all this weight what if i actually get healthy it means I probably can't hang out with these other friends because they're going to judge me. My family's going to judge me. I'm going to have to buy new clothes. I I don't know how to relate to people in this way. I mean, or whatever it is, it's just the whole, everyone's individual, but there's all of these things that it's just like, ah, oh, that's just too much. I, I, I know being unhealthy and this is fine. Um, and that's their choice. And you know, we, that's fine. That's um, <laughs> their journey
0: absolutely i want to just take a moment and talk about you your book awaken your true self you've mentioned a few things that people can expect from it but who is the book for what can people kind of expect from it in an overview and where can everybody go and find it
1: yeah so this book is written for essentially who i was before i broke through so this is for people who have uh done self-help spiritual work um, personal development stuff therapy this is for people who think they've already done all of the work like i've done it why is my life still not working or why is this one area so it's for people that understand these things that that think they know this stuff already and yet for some reason they haven't been able to uh, overcome the plateau they're still stuck they don't have it um, they're unable to reach the place they want to go, whatever it is. So it's it's not a beginner book, um, even though anybody can read it and get something from it. Uh, but it is written for people who uh, have done the work already and yet for some reason can't figure out why they haven't been able to break through. Uh, so what can you expect in it? Um, it's a really big book. <laughs> it's uh, 432 pages. It's a 13 and a half hour audiobook. Um, it is literally designed to be the one book that, if you're that person, whatever reason you're still stuck and whatever solution will get you unstuck is found in the book. I guarantee it, I promise that within some sentence, some part of the book tells you. What exactly is going on that's preventing you from moving forward in your life? So the first half is a lot of what got you here? How did you get stuck? How did you get into this position you're in? And the second half is more of, all right, what are the principles and understandings to help you move forward? And so in the book, I talk about things like the victim mentality, uh, a very, very unique approach to narcissism. I talk about intellect and intelligence and intuition talk about ego i talk about how the spiritual path may be failing you and why that may be i talk about um, concepts like as above so below and how that actually applies to your life and movement i talk about embodiment work and somatics i talk about responsibility I talk about stopping i talk about how this work is not an additive process it's not about doing more but about subtracting and stopping because it's all of the things that we're believing doing uh, that is actually getting in the way of our true self and who we really are. So there's a lot of stuff. It covers a lot of ground, uh, but it's not shallow. So it has a wide breadth and depth. Um, there's exercises. There is a lot of practical applicable things in the book as well. So it's, uh, (laughs) it's a tremendous book. And if you're someone who wants to get into the advanced work, wants to ex- uh, explore shadow work, who wants to uh, figure out once and for all why you're where you're at and how to break through, uh, this book is written uh, specifically for you.
0: I so love you can it get so it at, much.
1: At my, and, oh, and the last question, sorry. You can get that's it at uh, uh, andrewdaniel.org on my website, Amazon, um, Audible, uh, Google, Apple, everywhere. Awaken to Your it. True Self.
0: Such an incredible accomplishment. I will make sure everything is linked in the show notes. Oh, great. Um, before I send everybody to check you out online, besides your own book, has there been a book, podcast, or resource that has brought you incredible value that you want to leave with the audience?
1: Oh, um, that's a good question. Um uh, it's a good question.
0: It could even be like a blog article or something that just like maybe triggered something in you that you're like, I have to do some more work on this.
1: Yeah. Well, I've before writing and after writing this book, I've purposely stopped reading other people's stuff in order to not be influenced, um, by other things. So I've actually not been reading, uh, other stuff in order to make sure that, what I, I create, uh, comes from within rather than as regurgitated stuff from other people. So I would say some of the, the biggest books I've, uh, I've appreciated in my life. Um, of course, in miracles, uh, was great. There's a book, uh, by Alexander Lowen called narcissism. That was incredibly revealing about narcissism. Um, of course, thinking we're rich was the first real book that I read, so I have to give some credit to that. Uh, asking it is given Abraham hicks um, those are not any recent books that I've read. those were all books in the earlier part of my journey um, but those are what comes comes to mind now.
0: I love it. Andrew, thank you so much for this conversation. If uh, you can just once again, leave your website for people to go check you out. Where can everybody go and find you?
1: AndrewDaniel.org. And if you want to learn about Cinesomatics, go to Cinesomatics.org as well. C-I-N-E-S-O-M-A-T-I-C-S.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much for this conversation, Andrew. This has been such a fun conversation.
1: Thanks, Megan, for having me. Thanks for the the uh the good questions
0: if you love this podcast episode spread the love by sharing this with your friends and family share it out on social media and don't forget to give it a five star rating and review from the bottom of my heart i am so grateful that you are here until next time